All right, come quickly. It's coming up. So five years to the date. Wow. All right, we're going to start this low. Yeah, you'll want those on so you can hear. Bring it on. Stop it. Stop it. Or go. Sure. With my iPad. You hear it okay? Yeah. I could even turn up a little bit, honestly. I know my heart's not home yet. How's that? But you feel so far away. How do I start praying when I can't find words to say? I remember joyful moments. But those moments turn to pain I sit and watch in sorrow As the color fades to gray Come quickly, Lord, come quickly Turn this night to day My downcast soul is crying Come and wipe my tears away I'm hurting, Lord, I'm hurting Please come and heal this pain Your beloved one Asking you to come and wipe my tears away. My face falls to the floor as my knees below give way. Broken, frail, and shattered now before my God I lay. I'm at a loss for words As I think of what to pray Tears begin to fall as I say Come quickly, Lord, come quickly Turn this night to day My downcast soul is crying Come and wipe my tears away I'm hurting, Lord, I'm hurting Please come and heal this pain Asking you to come and wipe my tears away. Come quickly, turn this night to day My downcast soul is crying Come and wipe my tears away I'm hurting, Lord, I'm hurting Please come and heal this pain Your beloved one is asking you to come And wipe my tears Come quickly, Lord, come quickly Turn this night to day Downcast souls cry, come and wipe my tears away. I'm hurting, Lord, I'm hurting, but I know you'll heal this pain.
Sweet. All right, gang. All right, gang. This is Joseph Allen Music on the podcast coming out to you guys. I hope you guys are having a good day. And uh, if you guys are not listening on the website or somewhere else, you need to be doing that. Check us out at josephallenmusic.com. Come be a part of that Jam Nation. For all you else, the Jam Nation out there, what is up? everybody. We are excited you're here today listening to us. And today we've got a very special guest from that song that you just heard. And his name is, of course, name is James Walker, but he's affectionately called Jimmy James Walker. (laughs) Jimmy James. So Jimmy James, uh, talk to the people out there. We're glad you're on and uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of this song a little bit. We'll kind of segue into it, give them a little bit of your background so they can have something to relate to. Yeah, sweet. All right. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I love this kind of sort of podcast environment. It's nice and relaxing and fun to be on. I just kind of chit-chat and and have other people in on that. You're right. I didn't Uh, say you. Welcome to the studio. Yeah, yeah, studio. Living room studio. (laughs) Well, they they wouldn't have known that if you hadn't said anything. It's a podcast. (laughs) No, it's funny. Um, No, so I'm from a town called Tarkington, Texas, which is a kind of blink-you-miss-it town right next to Cleveland, Texas, which is 60 miles north of Houston, Texas. Um, currently living in Marshall. Uh, so I picked up ukulele when I was in high school, and so the ukulele you hear on the track, Come Quickly, uh, that's me. After maybe five years of playing ukulele, with no uh, legitimate instruction other than YouTube and <laughs> what I could figure out by ear. So, um, so that's fun. Uh, I had started writing um, some songs and stuff while I was uh, in high school, and this one I actually wrote uh, in college. And so at this point, um, I had already met you and John Paul and Brock, and, uh, and so um, this was... I believe second semester of my freshman year, so I guess it would have been the the spring of 2018. Um, and I remember going into college, I had made a ton of friends just right off the bat, and I still keep up with a lot of those guys um, and gals. But uh, I, I sort of that the friend group I was originally hanging out with sort of dissolved and spread out into its own sort of web of people um, throughout. Uh, that first semester, and so coming back the second semester, uh, I, I began to develop new friendships and that sort of thing. And so um, I had I have these new friendships, uh, and and I remember uh, at one point I was really close to this person, and they just kind of cut me off. Uh, and, and this was in 2018; it was a long time ago. Uh, I guess I guess maybe not that long ago. We, we decided uh, five years ago which sounds like a really long time. And if you say it's half a decade, it sounds even longer. It sounds even longer. Uh, the, but, the older we get, the less long it sounds, you know. <laughs> you know, but, it, but it, the crazy thing is, that you know, the old cliches, it feels like just yesterday. It, it really know? does. You know, yeah. I'm sure the older we get, we got some, you know, more vintage audience out there, and they're going, they're just some babies. What are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, but so I remember just being heartbroken in that this friend who I had gotten close to just cut me off, wouldn't answer text messages, wouldn't answer phone calls, would avoid eye contact if I passed by them, wouldn't talk to me. And I remember just being heartbroken, crying on my, my dorm, dorm bedroom floor, 
And uh, finally, after a while, I, I, I stood up and I straightened up and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the chapel. I'm going to take my ukulele and I'm just going to sing my heart out and get all these emotions out. And, I, and I'm walking up to the chapel and I've got a straight face. So, you know, I've straightened up. I'm, I'm good. And uh, I walk into Lampsado Chapel at ETBU campus and there's somebody in there and there's never anybody in there, you know, uh, at least my freshman year there wasn't. And I uh, walked in and John Paul was playing piano and he's like, what's up, James? I'm like, what's up, John Paul? How are you? And he's like, good. How are you? And then like, I couldn't lie to him and just broke down in front of him. <laughs> and he was like, what's wrong? And then I explained the situation and he was like, man, he prayed for me. It was a super sweet moment uh, between me and JP. And he was like, why did you bring your ukulele? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. I guess I was going to sing or something. And he was like, well, do you want to write a song? And so uh, if anyone doesn't like this song, it's JP's fault. Uh, <laughs> but um, everyone who I've talked to tend, tend to enjoy it. Um, but... Uh, JP was like, why don't we, why don't you write a song? And, and uh, so I just sat there for 10 minutes and started writing down what I felt. And, and JP actually ended up having to leave. He said, Hey, I, I'm really sorry. I've got, uh, either a choir thing or something he had to be at for, for he, he, he had promised a friend he was going to be somewhere cause he asked him to come. Mm-hmm. And so that's where he, yeah, I remember yeah. you talking about that. He was going to run and off to And it was like, it was like 30 minutes. He was gone. And so, um, I sat down at the piano and didn't play the piano at all <laughs> and just played my ukulele. And when he came back in about 30 minutes, the song was written uh, mm. pretty much from start to finish. Wow. And so JP, of course, wrote the piano part, I think. Um, well, of course, what kind of better person know? can you get to write no, your piano part I mean, than JP? You can't. And just a genuine guy uh, who loves the Lord and loves music and is able to tie in both those passions. Um, and so that's how Come Quickly uh, came into existence. And it came pretty quickly, I'd, I'd say, you know, in 30 minutes. <laughs> that's um, the irony. Come Quickly came very quickly. Yeah. Um, What's well, crazy, though, and, and there's so many, so many aspects of the song that I've just seen come to fruition in five years. So the song is really an outcry, a lament to God of, like, I'm hurting and it comes from this place of like I've lost a friend, and and there was and when you're a freshman in college, you don't know everything. You think you do, but you don't. And uh, I feel like you're on top of the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was this this sort of aspect of like, man, all my friends are gone, you know, which wasn't true even in the moment because John Paul was right there, you know, and here we are, you know, today. Uh, but I turn around five years later, and you know very telling is like just got a text from my fiance of like hey we have so many of your friends coming to our wedding we're gonna have to cut back the list you know <laughs> or um just just like look at where the quality of the music has come in five years from like i'm cringing at the way my voice sounds uh, in this audio recording and and listening to to like amazing vocals by john paul or like i'm singing at the uh, the farmers market this weekend in Tyler and just like even to the point my fiance is saying like like your voice sounds a lot different than it did back then and I was like yeah we all get better <laughs> you know you really should it, it if you get to the point there's not one of this that looks back on the album I don't think there's really even artists out there where if you look back to your old stuff even in the pros like I can hear some of the newer stuff and then you listen back to what they were and you're just like 
ew. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and back then you thought it was phenomenal, amazing, but everybody gets better. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if we ever get to one point where we should be concerned is you go, you know, I sound as good as I did five years ago. That, that they weren't be, a problem, yeah. That, that should be depressing, you know. <laughs> yeah, or worse than I did five years ago, I guess would be the oh, next step. No. But no, we're, we're all improving. We're all getting better, so. Yeah, that's sort of, sort of the story behind the song. Um, I guess we, we haven't remastered this one, have we? Yeah, we have not. We're in the process of, because I can't tell you how many people still ask and talk to me. About like what is Intercepts doing? Like, are y'all still going? Are you still? Playing? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. We are still doing everything out there because we stay very active. Whether it's in church or you know, we're always playing. Um, I wouldn't say we're always playing together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what even funny because even on uh, Life Isn't Fair, as you play with that snail that's you know, <laughs> on your face, as uh, as it life is life isn't fair. Not one of us were in the studio in the same time we were recording Mm-mm. that song, and I thought it was funny because we all get on stage and we were the first time we ever played. We were like, you know, like you know, y'all, we've never this played this time. together. <laughs> yeah, first time we were all together. That was and crazy. It's like. So we don't know how this is going to go, <laughs> um, but uh, we still are involved in doing stuff, and we've got songs lined up that we have, you know, we've been working, we, we've been hitting in, pushing that way, it's already in the making of that, and yes, we have been in the process of completely remastering um, the original uh, album within a steps, which I think is really cool, because um, when you hear... Like you said, you know, and it's really like a journey. Lots of like in faith and stuff like that. I mean, if we looked back and we were the same Christians or worse. <laughs> that would be a problem. <laughs> that would be a major problem, you know. And I, I think it's just a great testimony for us. I think it's truly because, well, let's let's be honest. When we sat down and did this project, um, we were all, we felt like we were all in over our heads. No, we were by no means expecting it to do... As well as, or as well good as it, did. as it did. Like I think, I think we dreamed. Like I think we dreamed pretty hard. We were like, man, it would be so cool if we charted, or man, it would be so cool if we got to tour, or or you know whatever. And we made it happen, you know. Um, or I guess God made it happen. Mm. Um, you know, I think we had faith from the beginning of like we can raise money to do missions with this, and you know, God made that happen, and and we did. Uh, and I, but I I do think we had dreams of it would be really cool to have a recording studio yeah. or it would be really cool to record our own stuff and not have to outsource. And that's what happened. And so it, crazy, even uh, on a small level, dreams do come true. Uh. They, they really do. And, you know, when we looked back at that, because when you talk about a project in terms, because it was absolutely God thing. I remember one day, I don't know if you saw the post on Facebook because you can't see anything. I think I wrote something like, six months ago or something on the Allen Brothers page. And uh, I don't come on a whole lot very much anymore just because So I'm not a social media person. Like, people expect when they see stuff, like, on there, they're like, oh, he's on all the time. And I'm I'm really not. <laughs> like, you know, you, you go on to, like, and a lot of times you can post stuff without even going on the social media. I'm not a social media fan, even though, like, I'm present, you know, or we're present with our music. I'm not a social media person. Um, but I wrote something on there that uh, kind of talked about our journey when I was remembering, reminiscing about what we did, what God did, and going back and thinking about the obstacles he removed and the doors he opened. Um, 
uh, whether it was the people in the industry or people just coming out of the woodworks and we're just like, hey, you know, whether like we were, JP and I were calling in our favors with those people or whether it was like these, God would just send these random people that were like top charting people and they're like, I believe in this and I'm going to help you do this. And I'd be like, that is fantastic. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, but to see God move stuff, I remember when we were started, we started, I think, when did we decide? Because I think we decided, was it February of that year? February, March of that year, I think. I have no idea. You don't even remember. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was, if anybody out there is remembering, write it below in the comments or something. Uh, I think it was February, March where we sat down and we finally decided when we just felt it on our heart, God said, you need to go do this. And I think, I can't remember if it was you or Brock that remembered the night more vividly, but we were all in the dorm room mm-hmm. and we were eating dinner. Yeah. And, and y'all were talking about Brazil. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, man, that would be so cool to do. And then it was like, we can or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. And JP like brought out a song mm-hmm. and then he started, and it was Christ our King. Yeah. That's it, was it was Cristo Hey. And then it, you guys translated it. Right. Well, we started singing it, and we started because we got talking about Brazil, and it just lined up perfectly. And JP, because we started talking about that, like you know, hey, we can, could we do something like that? It just started flowing. We went from eating dinner to just fellowshipping, and then boom. Because what you gotta know about us is like, is Jesus is gonna come out very quickly in our in our lives, and that's an unprofessional not silencing his phone before you do a a podcast. It is silence, and it still went off. What the crap? <laughs> um, but. Jesus is a big part of our lives, and I'd say the most important part. Absolutely, if yeah. it wasn't, I'd be ashamed. Uh, and He's going to come out very quickly in our lives, like much now. Like we're having this conversation, we come out to do a a guitar video. As you record a lot of reviews with me today, and tutorials, and all this kind of stuff for the online academy. And uh, as a guest instructor, I'm very grateful for that. And so, as every one of these guys going out there to be learning this kind of stuff, and. But then you break it down, we're coming in where Jesus comes up in our conversations very quickly. It's come quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it should because it's not a, it's a lifestyle for us. It's not like a, a Sunday or Wednesday mentality. We're going in, this is like, the, God's part of our daily routine and lives um, as it should be. You know, being a Christian is a lifestyle. Not that we're perfect people. I mean, you and I, after we all spend life together so long with each other, we will very quickly, it's like, yeah, is so-and-so perfect? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, but we love each other. Um, and I think it's an ultimate depiction of, like, family and what God uh, uh, does in our lives and how he loves us, you know, through stuff. And I, I would not trade the world uh, for, for you guys. Uh, I'm just so fond of y'all in your friendship and calling you family. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's more dear to me than anything. Uh, but I remember when we were sitting down, it just it kept flowing. We talked about that. It kept flowing, flowing into the next thing, just going. We didn't sit down to plan for this project. We didn't sit down to like do this. It just, I can't say anything else than the Holy Spirit just came upon us and God just literally said when we were sitting there in that dorm room, this is what you're supposed to do. And it was like all unanimous almost without anyone saying a word from what I remember. Is that, is that, do you remember more like that? It just kept flushing in together. Yeah. It was just like, and it was crazy to me is because I'd never done anything big like that before. Well, I don't think any of us. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, to me as, as a freshman sitting there with another freshman, Brock, Brock had 
Brock had his own album. Brock was a special case. Brock could have an album. And, and, and in my eyes, you guys have been in Brazil for 10 plus years, you know, grew up missionaries kids. I was from Podunk, Texas, you know, and I had no uh, musical experience uh, beyond like, you know, public school band and uh, was, was just kind of in shock and awe of like, yeah, we can we can do this. Like that'd be cool. I would really like that. <laughs> um. I, I I know what you mean. I mean, uh, I, I think Brock Brock had a lot of experience. Brock is Brock. Brock's just amazing. He's not only a genuine person in the Lord, but he's just extremely talented. And you'll never hear it from his mouth. Uh, you never. No, you'll will. hear it from his mouth. He won't say anything, but you'll be able to hear his mouth, and you'll be like, <laughs> "Man, that guy is talented." <laughs> right. And JP and I had had, had like some experience, but. Really, we look at it from more of the perspective when we'd had those circles. Uh, I think that's fun. that's interesting. You thought that with us, you know, we thought that a lot with you guys mm-hmm. in the same way, and with everybody that helped me and my brother do a lot of stuff. They did. You guys out there, if you're listening, you know who you are, and uh, thank you uh, because they took the time to invest in us or write with us when we had no business even being there or them doing that kind of stuff with us. Um, it was it was very humbling, but I remember sitting down there and we were just eating having dinner and it just kept flowing. And then JP started singing "Christ Our King" in Portuguese and it started connecting and it started it. It was one of those songs that worked. If you translate songs, you have to understand that syllable count does not just line up. You typically have to almost sometimes completely rewrite a song when you change the translation of it. And "Christ Our King" literally fell into place like word for word was exactly the same yeah there was like very little changes made and that was a that, that, that's a god thing you don't do that there were sometimes when we did translation works on songs we would spend like a year or like two years translating a song to get it to work good grief um and not that one <laughs> no not that one it has come quickly came quickly christ our king came very quickly um and I remember sitting there when God said, you're going to go do this, and seeing the mountain after mountain move. And you and I, we could probably talk about like something like that for days on just what God did opening the doors. Because mm-hmm. um, you're looking at, you look at a project typically, and you have to remember, too, we're not professionals. I don't still consider ourselves professionals. No, um, definitely not. I'm like playing with a dead snail. Uh, <laughs> over here. So. A, a snail came out of the plant for any other listen to the podcast yeah, we'll and James has the shell back in the plant there we go <laughs> pretty close <laughs> uh, don't quit your day job yeah. <laughs> and and when we sat down but we started in March and typically when you do a job like this like an album you typically spend like in terms of like writing the music producing the music and getting it to launch, say, all this kind of stuff, it's typically like a year and a half to a two-year project. Yeah. Now, this was different because we started the project February, March of that year, and I can't remember when it was. Was it like 20... Was it 18? Yeah, it would have been 2018. It was 2018. I had it on my thing. It was 2018. Sweet. It was 2018 in March, and it would release... Was it December 14th? That year. Was it? It was in December. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was in December. So you're talking March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. So you're talking basically in a eight, nine-month period, you were going to do a year and a half to a two-year project. Um, 
And keep in mind, we had no experience in that. And to be honest, every time we tried, JP and I dabbled in recording before, and every time we tried to record something, uh, it failed. Yeah. <laughs> and so getting into a project like this and God Move Mountains, and then on top of it, when we toured, we were really worried about how it was going to go, but we ended up making like a a 10-gig tour. Yeah. And it covered everything. And we went... You know, several different churches. Um, did we put like a camp or something? We did. Yeah. We did. Um, did awesome things we didn't even think possible. Uh, but we no. did, like, we put in the work, too. Like, oh, this wasn't goodness. like we sat back and did. I remember being in, in the room back there, turning off and, the, like, like turning off the window unit and it just burning up because we were between three mattresses and, and don't like, tell them the national secret <laughs> i mean it was like we had to get the sound right but uh, there was no ac and then like a dog would be outside barking or a chicken would make a noise or something you didn't and have you, it, you know technically there's still a chicken on one of the songs on the album yeah I, I, say which I dare hey anyone that finds that chicken i'll even tell you what song it's on it's on terms of my surrender and if you can find a five within the five second mark of when that chicken box in the song i will send you two free t-shirts a book and a signed CD of In His Steps if you're able to find uh, that song, yeah, uh, that mean, chicken block. I don't even remember where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, glad. And I can't hear it. So You know, we didn't have soundproof rooms, and so... We, um, had, we didn't have chicken-proof rooms. So. Well, you know, now we, we've upgraded, so we can have AC on when we do it now. Good. I, I, <laughs> I can't wait to record again when I can record with AC. But, you know, most people are like, what's the booty out the AC, y'all? If you're, we're in Texas. Yeah, it's <laughs> like... It was in the summer when most of our recording was going on. 100 degrees. I think that's being generous. Yeah, 100, 105 de- <laughs> degrees, you know, and... <laughs> And we're like in shorts and t-shirts sweating in the recording room and then coming back out and drinking ice water and then going back in, you know. Taking breaks. And I remember one of the wildest things for me was because we got to a point we did not think the album was going to... Uh, we had those problems with the, with the producing people. And it really wasn't so much a producing problem as it was we missed a clause um do you remember that oh man what was that what was the clause it, it was we can do your project and it'll be released you know on all platforms within two weeks but there was a holiday clause and we were releasing in december and we released in december and so we had to go through a different well company. that wasn't the thing is like we yes we did because we were going and we realized the project was not going to get launched y'all we had like eight months of advertising and nine months of promo for that. Yeah. So that's like money, time, everything. And we were looking at having to change the date. And most people think like, what's the big deal? But your sales can drop. Ridiculous. Like, like you've got all that momentum and then you're like, oh, we're postponing. You lose all that momentum. You lose everything. It's like starting over. And especially we, with with little guys like us who had no, you don't have a following. We weren't no casting yeah. crowns when you know they're waiting when you release a song on the day. You know you have like five thousand people that go out to buy it. 
Um, like a like a big movie or a video game gets postponed, people like know about it, like dang it, and then they wait. But with us, they're like, oh, they're just not gonna do it, you know? And they forget right, about it, so. right. Credibility, and then we were doing our tours, and so we had to have the CDs to sell to raise money and funds for all that stuff, and so everything would be gone, and we'd have to do our entire tour with no nothing to sell. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And I remember JP came to me there, and he's like, I missed it, and I I, I give him credit. Because there was like 40 pages on those stupid documents, and you're talking about one five-letter sentence going, except during holiday clauses. You know, it's just like, yeah. that's it. Like, that's all there is. And he missed it. And I I remember I remember getting, I, I, got, I got a little, I got genuinely slightly bothered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Because that was just a big... It was an honest mistake. It wasn't a morality issue. It was just an honest mistake. No, and that happened. It does. But <laughs> it worked out because we found another other people who were like, yeah, we'll do it. Or, JP stayed up and was researching, and he was on until like, you know, two something in the morning, and he found some guy after working all day. You got to remember, we're, we work like sometimes 40-hour jobs during the week at this time because JP and I were seniors. So most all of us were working part time or forty hour a week jobs mm-hmm. while going to school and uh, while going to school while working on this project. Yeah, and so those were the those were the, I didn't have a car in those days. So no. like, anything that was going on that I was recording, I was like bumming rides from you guys. And what you know is so. always still an honor and a privilege to do that, yeah. even now you have a car. I, mean, I appreciate it though. I mean, it put me <laughs> on the album, but otherwise it wouldn't happen. So. And I remember doing that and. Geez, Louise, uh, JP, to his credit, he stayed up and he was working all those hours and he found somebody that said, we didn't know who in the world they were, mm. but, but they said, we can have your album out on all platforms by the 14th. And JP came to me, I remember like at one o'clock in the morning, he said, hey, I'm going to stay up late and I'm going to finish these tracks and we're going to send it in to him. And he said, they said they're going to do it. And then I'm going to write him an email. He did it on faith. Because he wrote him an email that night, and he knew he wasn't going to get a response probably till seven the in the morning. Day, yeah. And so he worked all night long till like two or three in the morning, all night, all night, and then went to bed and woke up at seven, having finished the stuff. You talk about a step of faith. Mm-hmm. And then he woke up that morning. And he said, "We got it." And he said, "Send it to us." And JP sent it. And then he came and knocked on my door, and he said, "They're doing it. I'm going to bed." because <laughs> it was the next day yeah. and he went to sleep and they got it through and I remember it got on time I remember doing our 10 days and we were floored that we actually made it Yeah, because we were struggling because we had school and dates and everything and we were like we need to get out we need to get out and it's like we can't do anymore we're in a box um, and I remember getting down to we had a good chunk of the money, but I think we were getting down to like the month of March and we were doing the night of worship. Mm-hmm. And we basically had 50% of the money we needed. Yeah. And that was a problem because you had to buy tickets. Plan tickets. We had to have money for food while we were over there. Right. And you had to have your tickets beforehand. So like two months before you were flying out. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem. And I remember getting there. And I, I, I had I I want to say my faith was really tested during this project. Um, I don't think I did very good on the front end. If I'm just speaking from my personal experience, mm-hmm. I don't think I did very well on the front end. I think JP did, because very well on the front end. 
Uh, he was just always like, don't worry about it. It's going to go. His faith was just really strong. And then at the end, I remember JP come to me and he said, I don't know how this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because he said, we're 24 hours away from needing 50% of the money. And y'all, y'all don't understand, like, in terms of the money and stuff, by the time you add that the hotel costs that people were going to save us and all that kind of stuff and the tickets and that stuff, you know, you're going and touring like that overseas can easily cost fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars to do something like that. Yeah. Um, it's not cheap, um, and so we're having to get half this money in twenty-four hours. And I remember having that conversation with JP, and I told him, and because I just, I, I was, I was sick of myself, and I was tired of it, and I just said, JP, I said, you have believed God is moved, is was going to move every time. And fulfill what he said he told us to do. He wouldn't have told us to do it if we weren't going to be able to finish it. And it wasn't going to happen. So I said, I'm telling you now, I believe God in the next 24 hours is going to move a wall and make it happen again. And so we went and did the night of worship. And I remember coming up to that day within just hours of something happening. And knowing what we did not get that night, that was our last shot. Yep. And when we got a notification from the uh, from Brazil, and the national law had just been changed, where you no longer had to have your tickets two months in advance, but just two weeks before you flew. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that, and we just like lost it. <laughs> national law, guys. This doesn't just like this doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a. Congress or whatever it is. No, they don't have Congress there. Whoever's <laughs> <laughs> running things. I'm related to the American standard. You're talking about the Congress coming together and declaring. When can you get politicians to agree on something, first of all, in America? But nonetheless, I digress. They came together, national law, and said we're changing the law on the day we needed the money or something to happen. Yeah, it is. that was a God thing. Easy, hands down. Uh, yeah, no way around that one. No. Like, can't just say that's a coincidence. Um, we were blessed with a big offering that night, the night of worship, for everybody that was there mm-hmm. to go help those people in Brazil. And each for each one of you were grateful. Anyone that donated to that project and made that happen, we thank you. Thank you so much. And I remember going on the last week, and we had basically three more gigs. Yeah. And we were so tired of playing the two songs. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that of just like singing Savior Forever and Come Quickly. And just being like, man, these were great songs at one time, but I'm so tired of singing. <laughs> you get, you got to, for guys out there understand, I don't, you're funny, I know you get tired of the songs more than mm-hmm. I do. I really enjoy it. I could listen to the song over and over again, and I still like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to understand, for y'all out there who don't do this kind of thing, by the time you play, like record, play, and we were doing a two month, a two, one year and a half, two year job in eight, nine months, um, by the time you do all that and record, you're talking, you've probably played the song three to five thousand times that was insane <laughs> and it's an insane amount um and ukulele doesn't give your fingers calluses <laughs> so it was like i did all this and then my fingers didn't even like hold up when i tried to play guitar so it was ridiculous but uh, things don't get yeah we're still going uh just go watch the battery level uh that's i did not know that you don't get calluses with that that's funny because no, guitar gets callous it's like because one on ukulele, I guess. I guess technically, if you like played it all the time, one hundred percent of the time, like you would get calluses. But they're not on strings; they're softer, um, and like 
the stuff I was doing, I was just like, like I wasn't, you know, hardcore strumming, you know, crazy fast licks like like some some of the, you know, the Hawaiian ukulele players do or the Portuguese ukulele players do. But um, it was just I was playing lead, like one note solos at a time, two max, and so I did not get calluses <laughs> at the end of that, uh, which was sad. I, I remember, but getting those last three, that's funny. That's a good note for me to remember if I ever start playing ukulele. Um, I remember those last three gigs because we had a revival that week, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the funnest places I think I played at. Or the one, I should say, the one I, I uniquely remember. Don't you remember we went up to, uh, it was uh, Brother Adam's church. It was the Perkins up there. And... Uh, and we played with the Purple Holes. That was in Longview with Brother Aaron. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Different church. Wrong. But we did play with the Purple Holes. We did. We did. We, we didn't play with them, but we, we were in the same service. Our band came out, and they came out, too, and played at yeah. the same service. And that, 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 that's pretty fun itself. They're, they're, they're fun people. They're insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're phenomenal. Great, great, great ladies. And uh, just down to, down to earth. All right, so Brother Adam's church... What was the name? JP just played at that church again this last week. I'm trying to remember what this was. I don't remember. Because it's close to it's close to Jefferson, but I can't ever remember the name of the town. I Are never forget the... about um, what's his last name? Adam. What's his first name? <laughs> that is his. It's it's Adam Perkins. Oh, Adam's Perkins. Yeah, there's a lot of Perkins. That's why you thought Man. Aaron Perkins. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I did. I can't remember. I remember I... we played. Um, Oh, keep going, keep going. Yeah, but that 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 church, I don't, I don't, I forget the name, but I don't forget the people, and it was one of the most memorable places to me. But I remember we went out there, and when you were playing, we and basically within that church service and two others, we had to get almost half the money. And I remember telling JP, I said, "Look, I said God already moved one barrier and changed national law." I said, he's going to do it again. In a whole touring gig of 10 tours, we couldn't do any more. That's all we could do, just because we didn't have time. Not because we didn't want to. We just, we had no more time. Um, I remember telling JP, I said, God's going to do it. I said, he would not send us out on a mission for us to fail. Not that we didn't face hardships. We will all tell you it was hard. Holy cow, it was hard. And the spiritual warfare, I remember at that time, was really hard. Because I remember... uh, Kayla was having like, she had like a fainting spell at one point. You remember that? Where she like fainted and like busted her head. or Like, did she didn't bust her head, but she like smacked her head. So she was just having these fainting spells. I must have missed that. <laughs> or I don't remember <laughs> she, that She anymore. was having some fainting spells at the time. and I believe it. Oh. I, I can't remember. JP had uh, issues. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody did. everybody was tired. Uh, well, I, I meant JP. Remember he had yeah. No, no, nope, nope, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, no, no more detail. And uh, and I remember Love you, JP. <laughs> John, John still suffers from that. Um, and I remember, I can't remember. I think you had something going on. You were struggling a lot spiritual warfare. I can't remember what it was. I mean, it was just it was hard exhaustion. for me. I can't remember what I was was having a hard time with. The devil was hitting me with some stuff, and Brock was hitting my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love you, Brock. <laughs> um, it, it's all good. We still love each other. Um, 
He, he didn't mean to. I remember when he did that, he goes, Joe, that's bad. And I said, oh, that's bad. But I said, don't worry about it. <laughs> Go pay your ticket. And then, which is the whole story in itself. But I remember getting there and I said, God's going to move again, JP. He's not going to send us on something to fail. Yeah. And I remember in those three gigs, he raised half the money. It's crazy. Yes. Crazy how God works. And I'm trying to think back to like, I don't think I realized how big of a deal it was. I think I was kind of like, because I had never experienced something as big as this was, whenever it came to a scenario of like the date of the album, like we're not going to have the money to do it or we're not going to be able to, or they're not going to be able to get up to release it on time. We're not going to be, all those, all those big moments. I was, my, my mindset was, well, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. And if it, if it does happen, we'll keep going, you know? And, and yeah. like, uh, I don't, I don't know that I ever said that to anybody. It was just kind of like, like, okay, you know? We're going to figure and, it out. Yeah. I, di- I didn't realize like half the money for the album, we have to have this, uh, uh, to pay for tickets in the next 24 hours. Uh, and I remember you saying like, God changed national law. I don't think I fully understood that until right now. Oh, just like. Yeah, that was a pretty big deal <laughs> four years ago or however long ago that was. Um, good grief. Yeah, that's huge. It, it was an amazing journey, you know, and that, like, just scratches, like, the tip of the iceberg on what God did. Uh, I've had some people tell us, it's like, y'all need to, like, write a book or y'all need to, like, do, like, a whole interview series off, like, each song and the journey and just go through everything y'all did. And I was like, I mean, that'd be a lot of work. <laughs> but we're already here, so. Yeah, I mean, talking about the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I mean, you want to, like, the things that I remember most from, I mean, like, one of the silliest things I remember is at Brock's church in Paris when we were touring. Paris. I forgot the words to one of my own songs, and that was so great. And and I was, like, getting ready to start, and I was like, oh, my bad, wrong lyrics, sorry, real emotional, this is a sad song. And I turned around and started playing the intro again, and I'm like, I can't think of the words. And, I, and then Kayla's over here mouthing the words. Like. I remember here going, I came over, we were both mad at them because we had our mics down, and we were like, and we, we whispered them to you, and you were like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very amateur moment for me, uh, but I'm also really bad at reading lips. <laughs> so, so I remember that. That was really funny. Uh, but the biggest thing for me was in Brazil uh, through the album. You know, we got to hang out with all these kids. All these kids wrote all these letters to us. Wonderful mm. things happened. We met wonderful people. Beautiful it was like our first fan letters. letters. You remember the whole bag of letters? We yeah, got? we did. I remember that picture. There's a picture of me and Brock reading letters with all these kids hanging around us mm-hmm. and uh but i remember i think it was six orphans got saved through yeah. what started as i think we should do it right right music together like you know mm-hmm. and so all that leading up to six orphans who otherwise we don't know you know what would have happened uh through the orphanage that we served at and through music and through the preaching of the gospel and JP's translation and everyone, you know, hanging out with these kids, six of them got to know who Jesus was. Hmm. And that's what sticks to me the most about the album. It's like, like whenever I tell people stories about the album, like I don't tell them we, we put 3,000 hours on an instrument. I don't tell them that, you know, we recorded and with chickens in the background or, or that, you know, without a, 
without AC. I, I tell them, like, we started this and six orphans got saved. Like, that's, like, blows past raising $5,000 or however much it was. It was, it was a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. However much money it was. Um, and just just awesome. So. It, it, you know, that is thing Telmo still talks about when he comes down. He still talks about the impact the, the orphanage is still having through all the people that gave for the album and through what God sent us down there to do and really what we just went and what God did. Um, and, yeah, because, you know, that's really where it's at. It's not about – it wasn't about charting, and which, you know, it wasn't about having this success or notoriety, which, I mean, the Lord blessed in all those areas. Um, but it was about going down and – working with the people and sharing the gospel with them. And they're still impacted to this day. Um, Tell them them still talk about it, uh, what the Lord's doing through that. And through people like y'all, y'all, anyone who bought that album or still streams that album or does anything like that, y'all are all still a part of that. Um, it, it all goes towards that. Everybody plays, everybody plays a part. Um, we're all the hands and feet in Christ. And because people were willing to give or people were willing to go play whatever you want to call it um people were finding and discovering jesus because of that yeah um, just amazing beautiful and amazing so. it absolutely was flat out amazing i remember one of the I, i'm gonna i'm gonna like i'm gonna brag on you for a second because i remember one of the uh when we went to brother adam's church that we can't remember that's really close to jefferson i can't remember the town i love those people those were like honestly uh, one of my most memorable churches. Uh, I don't know. I guess. I guess the Lord. I should. What I should say is the Lord really spoke to me really hard at that church, mm-hmm. uh, just with what was going on during the revival. Um, and I remember this guy came up afterwards because you remember we had some guys there. One guy that got saved in the '90s, and he was like, "Y'all look straight, flat out like the guys back in the '90s when we had all those <laughs> revivals. Yeah, like y'all look like you've been pulled out of time and thrown into like 2018." Yeah. Um, Y'all are dressed the same way. You sing the same style of music, the same hardcore lyrics. Y'all look like those guys How that saved me. How are we dressed the same way? We, were like, we had flannel. We had flannel? Yep, we had flannel. And then I did. I was in the, like, the cargo pants with the Hawaiian shirt. You remember that? Yes, you always had a Hawaiian shirt on. Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> we can look back and, and find that, uh, put a picture up. But. We, we do, we do. And I remember, uh, I remember when we were there afterwards, uh, that was a big moment for me because being compared to those guys, to me, those guys back in the 90s that were doing all those revivals and stuff like that, those are like my Christian heroes because mm-hmm. through them uh, and their, that those people in that group that saved my family um, yeah. and they ministered to me and those guys are just like my heroes. And so to be compared to guys like that, I was like, I'm not worthy and being called someone like that because I know what those guys did I know what they do still and um, I remember this one guy afterwards he was probably 300 pounds of solid muscle <laughs> typically when you think of someone being like 300 pounds you think of like this big fat guy <laughs> he, he he was not he was 300 pounds buff and he came over and this guy was just like tears just rushing down his eyes mm-hmm. and he came over and he flat out grabbed my shoulders mm-hmm. like I was talking with someone I saw him coming over and he grabbed my shoulders and he pulled me around and like about broke my body <laughs> and then he, I was so I was like oh 
And he was like... giving you a hug, yeah. What did he give me a... He, kind of a hug, yeah. It was a manly hug. Yeah, that's exactly yes. what it was. And he, but he, he, he pulled grab. me in close, yeah. and he said, he said, that song. He said, you wrote that song. And I was like, oh, I hope not. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like which song? Like, before I die? And he's like, come quickly. <laughs> and then I was like, actually, that'd be that guy standing right over there. <laughs> and he oh, let me go into a puddle and Brock was next to me and he was like, are you okay? And I said, yeah. I said, call an ambulance for James. <laughs> he was going over and I just remember that you, he was, he was crying like a baby. Not, he was, he, he was broken just because that song spoke to him. So he says, I have to have that song. Oh man. Yeah. And that song, James come quickly is so powerful and not many people like to sing laments uh, it's not popular. I don't think there's a lot of them out there. You know, no, especially on Christian radio. I said it, um, but it's a powerful message, and there's more songs like that that need to be heard. And I, I still can't tell you how many days I'll go back and like listen to it, mm-hmm. and it still speaks to me. And it's just an amazing song, and I'm floored that we got to do that and talk about it and to be on it and do it together and go minister how it's something ministered to you and what the lord spoke through you and now goes and ministers to other people that are going through similar things or circumstances and they're just begging god to come quickly Um, all glory to god yeah that's it's really cool to see Uh, something like as that started with and and looking back now from what started this song i would just like lost a one friendship that was probably more like an acquaintanceship that I just took very seriously, you know. Um, and it was such a beginner loss for me. I was just like never having lost a friend before uh, in college, watching people who have been through the ringer say, this song spoke to me, you know. A grown 300-pound buff man in tears. Um, Crying like a baby, just bawling. You know, that is not at all what I was like. I wasn't trying to make people sad. I was trying to point people to Jesus. Well, uh, you, you know, you didn't make him sad. You literally, you gave him hope. Yeah. And Do you remember that conversation you had with him? I mean, to be honest, I don't. I don't even remember what he looks like. <laughs> I just know, I remember vaguely that something like that happened. We talked with so many people there was during those, people. that period of time. I know. Um, Isael. Uh, I remember him telling me that was one of his favorite songs and that he really loved it. I know that he struggled uh, with those sorts of, you know, sadness and lament and finally having something to, to put that out through uh, was really helpful for him and really beneficial. And, and you know, that was, that was really cool to see. Uh, but a lot of people were that one. And, and then there was a whole group of people who just loved the electric guitar on Everlasting, the, the yeah. riff that you had to... Do, do, I hope that I hope you can actually play that instead of me just coming it into the. I don't know. I like your version really a lot better. I think um, you put that on there with the power chords. You know. That was a fun rip. That was really hard to write. That I was beating my head against the wall. Me and JP both were because it was it was tricky, but it was fun. All this to say, like, we couldn't have done the album without all the people who are listening right now. Yes. And we couldn't have done, and the album wouldn't have been successful without God's hand involved throughout the entire thing so absolutely it, it most certainly wouldn't 
it's and you know you, that song gives a lot of people hope james and i think that's how the lord really it's amazing how the lord writes because what you were going through he had such what he was using it for his glory you know you think i think of the story of joseph and the coat of many colors when his brother sold him into slavery and joseph said you know at the end of it he was like listen what you intended for harm god turned and is going to make something good out of this and i think come quickly is just a song that everybody can uh relate to a lot of people don't like to talk about suffering the church or your walk with christ but if you're a christian for very long suffering is a part of life yeah and but I think Come Quickly is a great song. I love how Come Quickly and Carry Me tie together because it really asks that question of like, I'm hurting, I don't understand these things, and I'm begging you to draw near to me mm-hmm. because I don't want to live without you, and I need your help in this because I don't have any more strength left. Yeah. And then I love how it flows straight into Carry Me, and it talks about I'm searching for a reason, something more in this life, but then it talks about how God does carry you and how he's going to lift you up. And it's just an amazing, powerful song, James. Uh, it speaks to my heart as it does many others. And it's cool to see. You know, in, in hindsight, we really look at back on everything when we had to walk through those harder days. Um, because our songs, guys, we like we don't, I wouldn't say we just get together and we look for something in the room. We're like, like a lot of people doing uh, a lot of the, if you go to like to a lot of writer labs and stuff, they'll say, look for something in the room to inspire you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, uh, you know, you see like a plant or a Snuggie or something and you're just like, hey, this, I'm going to write a song off. How? Yeah, that's not the way our stuff works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, it starts out pretty meaningful, I think. At least that album did. It, yeah. it, the, each of those songs, we walked through something. And it was, it was heartaches. Some of them were joys. But when we got to finally all come together, I think we got to see a little piece of the puzzle on how God sees the view, on how he can take and use anything and creates a master plan story. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, what do you say we go, we end in a word of prayer, yeah. and then we can call this podcast to a close. Dear God, I thank you for the opportunity we've had here today uh, to talk about the song, Come Quickly, and just some of the album experience uh, with James. And Lord, just seeing a tip of the iceberg on some of the story on what you've done. Uh, We thank you for that, um, that you are greater than all these things. And Lord, when you say something is to be done, you will seek to do it. (laughs) And the lives, Lord, that you ministered to, the lives that you touched, the lives that came and desired to know you and give their lives to you, Lord. We thank you for each one of those, and we pray for a special hedge of protection on each of them. They continue to grow stronger in the Lord each and every day. And we ask that, Lord, anyone listening on this podcast, that they would be challenged, strengthened, and encouraged to know that you are faithful. And whatever they are going through, Lord, if they're in a season of come quickly that Lord to know that you are near and you do hear and you are right there and you are going to raise them up out of whatever they are in and Lord I just pray that we'll keep our eyes fixed on you and honor you with all we think say and do as we go and 1 Peter 2.21 to this you were called 
because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. James, it was an absolute blessing to record all of these reviews or guitar lessons with you today and to dive into a little bit of Come Quickly and some of the experience from the album. I can't thank you enough for being a part of the the Jam Nation on here. If you guys want to go out and listen to that song, uh, it is Come Quickly by In His Steps, capital H, and you can get that on all major platforms. You can stream that. And to this day, whatever this date is when this is released, we still give all of it to missions or some sort of relief. It's our most successful project, and we still haven't made a penny on it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and we are so. proud to say that because um, the Lord has great plans. And so if you are someone that is struggling or want to be in challenge, go listen to the song Come Quickly. Share it with someone uh, maybe who is hurting or going through a hard day and let them know that they are loved and uh, go check out more of those songs and go check out more on the website on Joseph Allen Music where we do more podcasts like this if you're not listening on the website and check out great guitar tutorials but also on a Christ-centered foundation where we teach you how to play guitar in, uh, with all Christian music which is something I'm proud of it loses a lot of opportunities but I'm proud to lose those opportunities and gain a whole lot more with it as well so I pray James I love you, brother. I love you too, man. And it was fun. You were you were a brother. Yeah. You're absolutely a brother. Thanks, man. Yeah. You too. I say man, but you're a brother too. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> um, you guys have a blessed day. Stay in the steps, and thanks for tuning in, listening. Love you, Jam Nation out there, guys. Thank y'all so much for making projects like this possible. God bless. Let's see if I can find that snail. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, how do I make it stop? Uh, do I just swipe off or swipe the re-record button? Hold it up longer for the record part. And then it should stop. And then you can power off and just hold the power button. <laughs>